This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thank you for downloading the Whole Radio Weekly Podcast. This is a recording of a live show broadcast every Monday night from 8 o'clock. If you want your message to be included on the next show, you can email us during the week at radio at homesdale.net. Please note the phone lines are now closed. Homesdale Radio. Hi, and welcome to Homesdale Radio. Hi, welcome to what is the uh, final show of the season from Homesdale Radio, and uh, obviously you'll probably all know we're finishing with a fantastic interview, uh, well over an hour with Steve Parrish, uh, but first of all I'm going to introduce you to my co-presenters and see what they've been up to. I'm going to start with Matthew Packham. Hello Matt. Hey. See, you do tend to complain about me leaving you last all the time, so you're up first today. What have you been up to this week? Um... Not a lot. Uh, well, actually, yeah. We went to Steve Parish with you and Ben. <laughs> That's um, <laughs> Yeah, it was good. Really good week. Um, didn't do much else. Had cricket today. That's about it, really. So, um, you think the uh, listeners going to enjoy that interview later on? Yeah, it's a really good interview. Um, everyone will be happy with what they hear. So it's good. As uh, cracking experience. Okay, mate. Well, we'll uh, we'll leave that one there. I'm gonna go to to Ben next because obviously Ben also had a had came with us uh, with myself and Matt to that, mm, yeah. to that interview um, anything else happened Ben before we talk about that what, this week the, yeah you've been to the been to the golf haven't you yes PJ Championships got back about 15 minutes ago 20 minutes ago so yeah rushed back for the show was it, was it good watching golf was it oh, yeah it's really good yeah whole weekend yeah. Um, up in up at Wentworth so yeah really good 
Because I was saying off air, I really enjoy golf. I can see, I can oh, really yeah. see. It. Yeah, I can really see the point of going to to watch it live, and uh, especially, I mean, they could probably nothing better than standing in a small section of one hole watching a ball fly past. Sounds sounds great. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> yes, and uh, and obviously you came up to central London with us, uh, and uh, yeah. you know, was, I mean, obviously we won't go into the details yet because people get to listen to that in a minute. But um, the sort of general the, the day, the experience was it sort of kind of what you imagined, or did it surpass your expectations? Um, well, yeah, the, I didn't think we'd go to as many pubs as we did. <laughs> yeah, everything kind of if you if I if I'd imagined what I wanted to happen in the interview and how I wanted it to be, it would have been perfect, yeah. Definitely what we what we needed to do. Yeah, I mean, I th- it wasn't really our fault, the pubs thing. We had a lot of time to kill, and really, I blame Furhad for that. Uh, you know, if he hadn't insisted yeah, on meeting. I agree. He chose the place we went to eat, and then, you know, then yeah. although he went back to work, he did make us go to another pub during that process. It's his fault. Uh, but we made... Like Matt, Matt, you ordered the Jager bomb, so we can blame it him was, for that. Yeah, it was him who did that, as I put on Twitter. Okay, fantastic. And, uh, well, I've got two more to come, actually, but let's let's talk to Mark first. Hi, Mark. Evening, Chris. Evening, listeners. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I think uh, I'm losing my crown as the pisshead of the century. Yeah, I know. <laughs> judging, nice. judging by your midweek experience. But anyway. See, we're starting to get a reputation, I think. Um, mm. I mean, obviously, you, uh, you didn't come with us to, to that, but... Um, well, you been up to anything exciting this week? Um, pretty quiet week, really. I watched the Champions League final last night, and as Keith Lemon would say, it was fantastic to see Manu get their back door smashed in. <laughs> and uh, it was, yeah, well, actually, yeah, it was terrific. Uh, I was uh, absolutely over the moon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think on a, on a sort of maybe a serious point on that, I thought Barcelona. I, I was being serious. <laughs> I know you were. <laughs> All right, fair dues. I thought Barcelona were amazing, and I, and I know obviously what what a great philosophy to bring through uh, young players. You know, brought up through their uh, their youth system. Admittedly, they've got lots of money and they can handpick the best, but basically their their success is built around playing a, a certain way and you know and keeping a team together. And it, I thought it was just amazing to see that all come. It's long-term thinking. It came to fruition, and it was a it was a joy to watch. Would you uh, yeah. go along with that? Well, yeah, I think that um, they've obviously watched Palace a lot in the last sort of twelve to two years, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's two years. I don't even know what that means. Twelve months. Oh, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. Well done, Mark. And there. Uh, oh, do you want me to spell it? You'll be out there. You'll be out <laughs> Fantastic, Mark. And, uh, yeah, they've obviously spent far too much time down at Palace, and uh, mm. and it's obviously rubbed off. I, <laughs> I do think seriously, it's a, a bit to learn from uh, from Barcelona there for us. In that we've got a, if we've got a philosophy, just stick with it and think long term, no matter what happens. I think there's a little lesson to learn there, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. And last but not least, we're privileged to have Mikey join us after purchasing a new microphone, so he can join in. Hi, Mikey. Good evening. <laughs> now, most of you, uh, hopefully, most of you will remember Mikey from his wonderful trip to, to QPR earlier in the season. Uh, since, yeah, it was just, I loved that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, you're you're the man behind Whole Radio, and uh, what better time than the last <laughs> uh, show of the season for you to have full reign of your domain? Uh, you're looking forward to this. I am. Uh, what does that mean? I don't really know. I mean, you can, you can say <laughs> stuff. You can. Uh, you know, you, you not only can you say stuff, but you can yeah, you can press buttons. You can any time you like. You can do anything you want. Excellent. 
Oh, good. All right. Well, we've rambled enough uh, for now on that subject. The contact information today, obviously, last show of the season, we can we will talk after the Steve Parrish interview about anything you want to talk about, or if you just want to say farewell until we uh, till we're next on. Email us. It's radio at homesdale.net. If you want to give us a ring, and we'll be happy to speak to you. It's o two o eight one two three one six four six. Um, you can see us on Facebook. It's www.facebook.com forward slash whole radio. Why did I say you can see us on Facebook? Anyone? No, I don't really know. No one speaks like that. You can also see us on www.twitter.com forward slash whole radio. Ah, fantastic. Um, just a couple of other bits of, of admin. Uh, the podcast on iTunes has moved. If you've already subscribed to us, you'll, um, you'll notice the title has changed to uh, this feed is now closed. You can resubscribe if you just visit www.wholeradio.net forward slash iTunes. It's all fairly self-explanatory. But if you've got any problems, just email us or PM us on one of Homestead or BBS. Um, there's one little thing that Mark's looking at for next year. It's going to be a new feature. It's going to be a, a nostalgia feature where we look back at some key moments in Palace history and hopefully interview a few uh, either players or staff or, or even fans from that particular moment. Mark started a thread over on Nostalgia Talk on the Homesdale. Uh, we'll probably pop a link in our thread uh, on on the Homesdale for this show. But have a look over at Nostalgia Talk and, and answer Mark's three questions, and hopefully we might uh, get in touch with you and or, or pick the pick the thing you've picked out. Uh, Mark, do you want to sort of make any comments on that feature? Yeah, it'd be nice to have some sort of response. Because there's no prize involved, no one can be bothered answering the questions. <laughs> that's all I can say, really. I mean, uh, uh, it's only no, three it's questions, folks, so, uh, you know, it's not overly exertion. That'd be great. But, uh, no, go on, go on. No, but, uh, yeah, it's all basically as a result of the whole radio survey, and there was obviously a, a, a mention by a few people that they'd like uh, to feature previous fixtures that meant a lot, I suppose. Obvious ones would be like Villa Park and mm. Stockport and uh, Hillsborough last year and maybe try and hook up a few interviews with some ex-players, you know. So yeah. if anyone's got any favourite moments or favourite players, and we'll we'll try and get them on the show for next season. Okay, That's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, I would say I, I think you're, you're the ideal person for it, and I'm not just because of your age... Yeah, because right. I'm the only one who was around at the time, is that? It's fair, yeah. I mean, I remember 1990. It was, yeah, I remember that. With the, with the you, were you there for 79 for Burnley? No, I was minus one years old, so no. But, you know. I remember the playoff final. Hooray! Which one was that? <laughs> <laughs> 2004. So you are seven, like everyone thought. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for that. Um, just to let you know our, our plans for the pre-season as well, when we're back uh, at some point in July. I haven't quite worked out the dates yet. But the current intention is for some of us, or at least one of us, to go to every single pre-season game. It's going to cost an absolute fortune, but in, we in want, want to... Um, yeah, mainly in beer. But we do want to give you um, give you something for, for pre-season. I know a lot of the interest, again, in the survey, some people mentioned it, that... You know they're quite uh, quite passionate about the, the things that aren't really reported too often, shall we say? And we want to cover that as best we can. Um, okay, we're uh, we're nearly ready to go to the Steve Parish interview. I just wanted to make one last mention of something, and that's that those of you that completed our survey uh, earlier on, we uh, we did say we'll give away a shirt, and that will be done after the Steve Parish interview. We're gonna everyone's got a, a number associated with their 
with the order in which they fill that survey in, and we'll be using a random number, number generator, nearly said that right, to uh, pick the winner, and that will be announced live after the Steve Parrish interview. And without further ado, we will go to that interview right now. Homesdale Radio. Nick Gusset likes to listen to a noise misses. You've been asked, hello! Hi Chris, right. <laughs> right, it's uh, it's Hambo here for Whole Radio, and uh, and with me is Matthew Packham, hey. and Ben Nagel. Hello. And uh, we're in we're in Central London today to uh, St John Street. Yeah, thanks, thanks Ben to visit. <coughs> excuse me, to visit uh, Steve Parrish, the uh, co-chairman of Crystal Palace, who's <coughs> kindly given us some time today. Uh, we got up here a little early, to be honest with you. Um, had a had a bottle of wine on the train, and uh, and ever since then we've been uh, been eating and drinking. Really, yeah, no, that's not four Jager bombs. I had yeah four different pubs. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So we're just literally walking from the the last pub we visited uh, up towards Tag now, where uh, things are going to go really well, aren't they, Ben? Hopefully, yeah. I mean, we we have had a lot to drink, admittedly, but we've got a question from here. We bought a couple of notepads uh, in red and blue colours, which I thought was typically whole radio of us. Yeah. Um, yeah, got lots of good questions lined up, and I think it's going to be a good interview. Yeah, I did quite a lot of research this morning, but my notepad is actually still at home, so we did have to buy some more. And uh, yeah, yeah, well thought, Ben. And uh, Pax, I've left you till last. Well, there is only three of us. Um, how do you think this interview is going to go? Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, decent couple of seeds actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> looking towards the tag office now, I can see it from a mile away. Uh, I think it's looking quite posh actually. So we're uh, you in a tiger shirt? Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're not just. Amazingly well, free. You're probably, uh, I'd say you're probably the smartest of us all. With your, with your, with your sailor, sailor I'm, t-shirt. I'm the smartest. Yeah, <laughs> that's a sailor t-shirt. Yes, yes, looking right. It's, I mean, it's a Hollister shirt. I like going in Hollister. Sorry, Chris, for that. I'm actually going to do a Kells Bells and say you. <laughs> oh, can you believe it, Mikey? You have to beat that. Right, we're off the tag. Speak in a bit. <laughs> Okay, we're there. We're absolutely bricking it. We've not prepared enough. We've, we've had far too much to drink. Final words from Ben and Matt. Matt first. <laughs> couple of seeds. Uh, couple of seeds over there and a couple of seeds here. I'm happy. It's good stuff from Matt. Not confusing at all. Ben. Yeah, the, the butterflies are kicking in now. Um, nerves, nerves really going for it, and we're about to walk through the door. Do you uh, do you wish you'd uh, gone to the toilet before you left that thing? <laughs> no, in all honesty, I do actually quite need the toilet. <laughs> yeah, my, my stomach's going a bit. Okay, we've just uh, we've just left Tag. Um, we're quite afraid. We went in. We're about 20 minutes early, and uh, and basically Paxton has bottled it. He couldn't couldn't handle it in there anymore. Uh, we've come out, and we're going to go and get a coffee. Uh, you, Pax, you want to say something? Yeah, the woman behind there was actually a decent seed. Um, <laughs> she was so hot that we just had to leave. So we'll go back in about 10 minutes, and we'll try and see as less of her as we can. And hopefully, Steve will just nod his head around and we can go. That's fair. It was distracting, Ben. Yeah, the plan now is to go and get a coffee, try and get rid of the uh, the smell of alcohol on our breaths. Mm. So, so Steve's not a bit put off by us. Did you um, did you notice how she said, "I'm afraid our bar has closed"? Apparently, they have a bar. Yeah, um, and we definitely would have been up for that as well. Yeah. We're, we're thinking about taking Steve out for a drink afterwards, so, yeah, the bar would have been perfect. He's probably yeah. slaughtered already, to be fair. <laughs> now, I mean, all, all, honestly, we are thinking of taking Steve out afterwards, whether he agrees or not! Okay, now we've, uh, we've just, uh, let's say, a bit left the tag officers. Um, still not done the interview yet. <laughs> and... Uh, 
there's some confusion in sight and uh, we're going to go back at 6 o'clock um, we stressed that we really didn't want to head to any other bars I don't think they took the hint that we'd already consumed quite as much as we had so, uh, so we've actually headed to a bar that says Step Inside Bar it seems like a, a request so Pax are we going to do this? we are indeed mate uh, it looks like there's a few seeds behind the bar as well which is uh, pretty decent but, um, I've had a look I think you're right Yeah. Uh, no it looks like some nice drinks here it's Ben's round so we'll just dig in uh, Ben are you going to consume any alcohol? Um, yeah, no, you know what, I've, we've arrived, I think I will. It says step inside and it'd be rude not to, so I think we should go in and have a few more bevies. And, uh, are you thinking, is this interview going to happen? I think it, yeah, it will, yeah. yeah. Just, just taking a bit of time. We've been put back quite a bit from yeah. three o'clock originally, so. And uh, the attitude of uh, the, the, <laughs> the tag staff, do you, uh, do you feel that they were welcoming to us? Um, I think they, they saw us as commoners, if, if I'm honest. Um, I'm not going to hold back in my views. Uh, I think the woman was a little bit of a... Uh, I think she was dismissive, wasn't she? She was a bit of a dismissive, yes. Uh, do you think it was to do with uh, my t-shirt or the fact that Pax is dressed as a sailor? No, well, I think the fact that you've got a tiger on the front and back of your t-shirt... Yep. And he's in a sailor uniform. I don't think that's helping the situation. And the fact that he's, uh, he's nine foot tall and weighs two stones. I think all of these things are a factor. I'm not going to get any more coming from, comment from Pax because it would just be about seeds. <laughs> We just got uh, we just got ejected from the step inside bar. I mean, it's it's false advertising because we stepped inside and then they asked us to step back outside again. And it's because Pax, the 19 feet tall Pax Matthew Peckham, didn't have his ID on him. I wouldn't ID him for for 30 years old. But um, but uh, Ben, I mean, you had your ID. How did you feel? Yeah, well, he, he didn't seem to understand what date it was because he looked at my ID and uh, seemed to query whether I was 18 or not. In fact, I am. Um, and he, he seemed to think I was 17 at the time, but he worked it out, so... Yeah, that's good of him. It's good that he thought it through. Uh, Pax, uh, how do you feel about being, being ID'd and then rejected? First things first, can I swear? Yes. <coughs> and where is your ID? Next to my bedroom table. <laughs> is, and, and where did it need to be? In my wallet. Now, can I go back and chin him? <laughs> you can show him your chin. If I just sort of start really with, with Taz as a company, uh, just sort of, obviously people know you as the, the Palace chairman, or co-chairman to be precise, and, um, but not a lot of people know where you sort of, uh, you made money, in, in, you know, because I'm in the, in the building now. Um, I did a little bit of reading earlier on. Um, <laughs> You, you sort of, uh, you didn't go to university, but you, um, you sort of elected to go sort of work on a building site, is that right? And then did an apprenticeship? Yeah, these things, they become modern kind of parables. I, I, I was putting up full ceilings for a living oh, right. when I left school. And uh, I got a place at university, but I just didn't fancy it. And uh, I had a big argument with my dad about full ceilings not being the appropriate career for me. <laughs> yeah. And, um... Uh, I went to the careers office at school, got an interview at an insurance company, didn't like it. Long story short, I ended up leaning on my dad, really, to get me a job, more or less. Mm. And he got me a job in, in the advertising graphic arts industry. Mm. And I was just fortunate at the time, it was just computers were just really coming into it. So I had a computer studies A-level, so in the... Oh. Land of blind, I was the one-eyed man. You know, <laughs> just changed from a craft to a skill, technical skill, really. Yeah. And um, so it was good for me. And then um, I had a couple of jobs, uh, and I ended up 
come into a small company called Athletes, mm. which I basically, it, it, you know, make a long story short, I bought it off of the guys that, that owned it, yeah. and um, and went from there, and, and you know, we're now 1,500 full-time staff, 2,000 freelancers, 13 countries, yeah. um, so it's been pretty successful. Not all down to me, I listen to Ad, you know, no, I've got some amazing people around me, and, and but it's been great, it's been a, a great journey, so, you know. That's still one of the questions I was going to ask you, really, obviously, you probably get asked, I think you were asked at the fans forum, the sort of the parallels between sort of the regular business world if you like and the football world and you sort of made the point there that it's, it's a very different animal and that uh, obviously in football you don't go into it to make money but obviously one of the things that was again I don't know how, how true it is because you're just reading interviews off the internet really but someone uh, wrote an interview talking about how when you took control of TAG it was uh, I think making 13 million and you made it it was making turning over 53 or 54 million and the so we're, just 110, we're 110 now. 110 now. Oh, man. <laughs> Some of that. But, um... <laughs> The sort of gist of it seemed to be about surrounding yourself with the right people, making the right acquisitions, diversifying from what you were doing, and yeah. obviously taking you know taking over companies that were forward thinking. And I'm just wondering whether that applies to football. Can you see that kind of? I mean, obviously, surrounding yourself with the right people is it's one thing, but you sort of get the impression with football there's a lot of luck involved. Um, and look things out. Everybody's in business to make money, but m- many people aren't in football to make money. Hmm. You know, football is, is in this country, uh, I said the fans wrong, is a benefactor sport at the moment. It's, it revolves around a rich benefactor or group of benefactors deciding that they want, how much they want to spend on their favourite football club. You know, that's it. So, whilst, you know, a lot of the same business rules still apply. I mean, even if you're trying to mitigate your loss and lose as little as possible, it's still the same, you know, same kind of things that apply contract law, you know, rules that you work by, whether it's tax or the FA's rules or whatever, you know, they're all, they're all valuable things that you learn in business that, that, that help you deal with them. Yeah. It's just different in terms of the fact that you just can't do the kind of things, you know, we, there is only one real way of growing the turnover of Crystal Palace from 12 million to 50 million or 60 million, that's getting the Premier League. I mean, there's no other way, realistic way that you're going to do it. You know, you can't take over another football club to make yourself bigger or you know so there's so many things that you just can't do that you would normally be able to do in business to accelerate growth mm-hmm. um, and, and you always need outside equity you know whereas everything we did here we, we spent the profits that we generated yeah. on growth you know we, whereas you don't have that so um, that's the big challenge with football and you know one can only hope that at some point some kind of sense comes into it and you know, we, we, we get some, you know, the FIFA fair play, financial fair play rules, yeah. you know, are what the Premier League adopted. And, and obviously, if we could adopt that in the Championship, I think it'd be beneficial all round, even for those people that want to spend more money, because it doesn't stop you spending more money. You just have to put it in a certain way, and the amount that you can put in is capped. Yeah. Because uh, the problem with that is, it's an arms race. You know, once one club overspends, then the next club overspends, maybe slightly less, but still overspends, and everybody gets dragged along with it. You know, so it's. It's very difficult to control, um, but you know there's still some of the rules of business apply. You know you've just got to try and use what you know to try and make a, a, as good a job as possible as you can. Yeah, I mean you sort of crossed over one of the things I was talking about, it, and that's just the control. Obviously, it's very hard. I think if you mentioned it. I put it in words. At the fans forum, you said that if you were to try and run Palace at like break even, you'd be rele- we'd be relegated. Well, that's not. Yeah. That's not. You know, I mean. 
look, you've got to spend the money wisely, mm. right? I mean, there's lots of clubs that have got money that aren't spending it wisely in the championship, which is the big yeah. chance. You know, the Nor- I also said that Norwich and and, and Swansea and um, Millwall and teams that have done very well this year, they're not, you know, the big spenders. Yeah, um, and it's no coincidence that actually teams coming up from League One are doing very well because they've got effectively a wage cap because they've got players under contract on League One wages yeah. and they've got uh, a togetherness and a team spirit and a winning mentality that's got them there. So, you know, you can punch above your weight in this division. There's absolutely no question. There's plenty of clubs that are spending a lot of money that aren't getting the results that the money deserves or, yeah. or, or, or should get, you know, relative to, to, to other clubs. I mean, but, you know, <coughs> it's more difficult. And once you go below a certain level, it is, it is hard. So... I mean, I was surprised there wasn't asked, asked more questions on that. I mean, we, 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 you know, we're happy to be quite open about it. I mean, on a, on a kind of average season, you know, which is what the budget we put in next year, so assuming that we don't get an amazing cut run or, you know, anything that, that drives extra revenue, um, it, it needs two million of cash. Yeah. And that's to have support the squad that we ended with last season. Mm. Sorry, sorry. After the loan players have gone back. Right, okay. Right? More or less. Yeah. So it's basically the kind of wage bill we had up to January, say, um, with a, well, we've got a little bit of a room for, for loan players in there. And that loses two million because of the ca- two million pounds of cash. So, you know, we if we want a comfortable mid table finish or, or at least aim for that, and that still relies on us, Dougie, the management team making pretty much the right decision about every player we bring in right? so that's the pressure on us right? we cannot we do not have the luxury of making a mistake park them in the reserves oh let's not worry about it you know we'll just find another one you know that's not where we are um, so, so the club you know we will have to subsidise things to a point with the business that we do yep. and the owners will have to put money in or we've agreed to put money into a point in order to help Dougie achieve his kind of ambitions but that's the kind of economics you're dealing with and what I said further to that was if we could get 5,000 more fans or you know 10,000 more fans through the turnstiles every week then you know you're talking about 3, 4, 5 million quid extra in income mm. and that straight away if you make the right decisions could potentially give you a more competitive um, team and probably more importantly more, more strength in depth in the squad yeah. um, so but you know so we, we, we I think we're being sensible what we don't want to be in a situation where we, you know Coventry and Derby and teams like this have had a big tilt at you know the, the, the getting in the playoffs spent a lot of money one or two years mm. and now got you know some pretty sizable kind of debt around their neck and now trying to break even yeah. and pay the interest or whatever they need to pay on the debt I don't know the details of it you know it, 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 that's more difficult right so we're trying to be prudent from the get go we're trying to say at the beginning of the season right, this is what we'll put in and uh, give that as a budget to the manager work with the manager to get the right people in and then you know hopefully that gives us a kind of comfortable mid-table finish unless we get a lot of bad luck injuries and stuff which you can't account for and then maybe maybe you get a bit of a run and you can get in the playoffs you know that's yeah. probably where we are at the moment do you think in that in, in some ways it seems a bit strict to say because of the, the pain we all went through really that 
being able to get the club out of administration in the, in the way that you did kind of you gave you the option of setting off on a, a, an even footing that if you say you'd come in and taken the club off of Simon Jordan um, you know out, outside not, not within administration you would have perhaps had a lot harder time bringing it down to the to an appropriate level or sorry, is, that, is that a relevant no point? not really I don't think so I mean I think you know Simon by the end wasn't running the club you know in a you know, the run rate losses weren't the cash losses weren't huge mm. um, no because we, you know, we paid we still paid the amount of money for the club that, that I think at the time was probably more than, than you know I mean, you can't value a football club like a normal business you really, if, if a business loses money apart from the gamble getting in the Premier League where most clubs are losing money as well you know, from a business point of view, there is no value on a, on a, on a, on a football club. You know, so, uh, yes, in that there's no external debt, you know, there's no big pile of debt to, to a third party of any kind, so the club's in really good shape. Our job is to try and keep it there. You yeah. know, that's the aim, is to try and keep it there. And the only real way of building a football club is to build your long term revenue stream your recurring revenue that comes in every single year that you can rely on spending every single year that's what makes you stronger over the long term and that's what we've got to do and Phil and everybody are doing a great job the problem is all of that needs investment right you want more people to come and buy a better season to get a nicer bar you've got to have a nicer bar or restaurant to get them right so it's it's, it's devilishly difficult and it's devilishly difficult to know where to invest the money best you yeah. just invest it I mean Simon's idea pretty much to invest it all in the playing squad get in the Premier League worry about everything after that there's not nothing wrong with that that's one perfectly reasonable strategy yeah. our, we're a bit more well let's spread the money around let's try and get the right squad but let's also try and get the long term income up which eventually yeah. will give us a better squad and let's just try and be a bit patient about it if we're here you know it's a 5-10 year outlook you know it's, it's not a 5 minute you know Let's, let's, let, let's stick five, ten million in, have a tilt with the Premier League, and if it doesn't work, I mean, we were talking about this at the Football League, you know, um, because we're looking at all these financial fair play rules, yeah. and um, I, I just think that fans need to be asked the proper question. So, you know, if you've got a rich benefactor at your club that's putting in say five or ten million a season in theory to make you more competitive the fans might say well we don't want financial fair play we don't want clubs to break even because we're actually we're alright Jack the problem is is what, what you've got an incredible counterparty risk because the, the, the other side of that you've got a benefactor putting the money you don't know how long you can carry on he or she can carry on doing that for so if you said to fans right do you want as to log 10-15 million in have a run at the Premier League we might make it if we don't there's every chance we're going to end up in League 2 maybe even out of the league unless somebody else comes along mm. or do you want us to go for a couple of mid-table finish try and build our revenue streams never jeopardise the future of the club but probably have slightly less chance of ever getting into the Premier League yeah so you've got to build your long term that's it yeah. you know and um, and if the financial fair play rules come in I think that that could be you know hugely beneficial um, to all the clubs and, and more importantly to all the fans I mean you know there are different things that are being muted like automatic relegation mm. if you go into administration but that's just, just penalises the fans 
Yeah. Yeah. Surely we should have something in place that stops club games for administration in the first place. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and all those people that really now have got one eye on stopping clubs going into administration like us, or more than one eye, I've set that as a priority, are really being disadvantaged mm. by those that have got a rich benefactor that may or may not put the money in forever, for a while, lose interest, their business gets in trouble. You know, it's not a sustainable model, I don't think, for football. No, no we, obviously, you've got all those different league clubs, not every single one of them can be successful. So at some point, no matter how much money the owner has got, he's going to, a fair proportion of those clubs aren't going to be successful and are going to have to run at a loss. So, you know, it's, you're right, it's not, it's not a sustainable business model. I'm very aware that it's only me that's asked stuff so far. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I've got I've got one more thing on tag, but you guys want to mind tag as well. Yeah, with regards to tag and Palace, uh, now that you've taken over Palace, have you had to take a back set a back seat with this, or do you still do the day to day running session? Yeah, I still do as much. You know, I mean, tag is what I do for a living. It's what I get paid for, and there's a lot of people here that rely on the business to, to provide their income. You was racing yesterday, weren't you? Yeah. What was that racing like competitively, or was it just a fun day type thing? Um, I was testing. All oh, right. What are you? You don't you do the cars, don't you? I heard you used to do. Yeah, the, did you ever used to do the bikes? No, no. There's another no. Steve Parish. Oh, okay. But the other Steve Parish is seriously good. Parish yeah. seems number two. Yeah. Mm. So, number two was. Yeah. It? So he. Um, but Mike Rose is a small world, so I think people come up to him now and say to him, Are you racing Porsche? <laughs> and are you really bad at it? I've <laughs> <laughs> got a question about your crashes, actually. Because um, I was reading on, oh, I can't remember the website now, they mentioned you started in 2009 anyway, registered then with the Carrera Cup. Uh, and you started off uh, the 2010 season quite well. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, sort of looking to challenge really for the championship there. And then you had two crashes. I can remember the one when you took over, uh, you were taking over at Palace because you were hospitalised. Yeah, for, uh, I had the one, oh. big one, really. I mean, crashes are kind of part of a competitive racing series. You know, you can have rocks and stuff like that, but... I only had the one um, big one, which is on YouTube. Mm. Obviously, it's <laughs> pretty painful. Um, yeah, but other than that, you know, look, I love it, and uh, we've got the new cars. This season's not been great. We've been, we're having trouble setting up the cars, but we think we're in better shape now. Mm. And uh, we've got the next round at Alton Park week after next. How often do you race with the Porsche? Ten weekends a year. So there's ten weekends, two races, that's 20 races. But you obviously practice, well, I wouldn't call it practice, but drive round. Oh, I call it practice. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they call it testing. Oh, I hear the word testing, it basically means practice. Yeah. You know, try and get the best out of the car, try and get the best out of you. So you go to the circuit, so you're going to run on and just see what you can do. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if you've ever been karting, right? I yeah. Mean, you go karting, you know, you're much better on the 40th lap than you are on the first lap, right? So it's exactly the same thing, you know, you just need to get the circuit in your head, find the fast lines around the circuit, and when you're doing it pretty seriously, as, as we do, is work out the best setup for the car. Right. There's certain things we can change on the car, the stiffness of the suspension, all sorts of stuff, front and back. So we, we're trying to get the right setup for the car at the right circuit. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously you've been asked probably a fair few times now, sort of about your, how you got into Palace and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I know that the industry you told about was either Palace or Mill, and Palace had the better kit. My question is whether you've, uh, whether you've ever regretted that moment in terms of the money you've had to spend and, uh, and the pain that, that Palace have put you through. 
No, no, I think it's like everything in life, isn't it? You know, because nothing's ever perfect, is it? You know, and, um, but no, I mean, it's been, I, I've said at all the forums and, and, and everything we've done, it's been an amazing year. You know, we've had so much goodwill towards us, it's just fantastic. And, and even these three other guys that, that you know, I guess, you know, got involved with it at the, at the time. Martin was, 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 you know, on board right at the beginning, but, you know, the other guys, it's been fantastic to meet them, and, you know, we're all getting on fantastically well. Everybody wants the same thing. Everybody helps out, does their bit. Um, it's been brilliant. It's really enjoyable. Mm. Um, it, it just means, I suppose, you don't spend money on some other things, you know, but... Yeah. Simple as that, isn't it? Everything in life is, is, is about that. You spend your money on some stuff, and it means you don't have some other things. I certainly, uh, there's nothing that, that, that you know, I would have rather done. I think with that with that money, you know, I think we're we're, we're really pleased that we did it, and we just want to do the best that we can for the club. Really, you know, that's what we're trying to do. You know, and every decision kind of weighs on us in that way. You know, we want to try and leave the club in a much better state than we found it. That's our job. I mean, I from the from the player of the year day, really, was a lot of people were sort of saying the same thing about how different that was to just to, to even the previous year. That people felt, I don't know, people sort of seem to feel with the club now, and I think that was shown towards the end of the season that they feel part of it now, rather than than just this consumer that this walking wallet that was there to be milked. And it now it doesn't feel like you're being you're being coerced into spending money. It feels like you want to spend money in Palace. And the players were actually allowed yeah. to stay around at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've That's done that the last couple of years. They, you know, after the in, well, you know, once they've done the rewards, everyone tried to get a few pictures or ask them how the thing went. You looked over there; they were all gone. Um, I think that from talking to people, this player of the year awards is probably been the best. Mm. Um, even talking to elder people like, you know, people who are now in their 60s, they said that is by far the best pair of the awards they've ever been to. And similar, similar comments about the fans forum as well. I mean, was it a conscious decision to be, to be so, sort of, well, to be open? And you have been very, very open and honest. All the guys, really, obviously, we haven't heard from, from Jeremy because he's more of a silent partner. But, um, but, I mean, have you consciously been open with, with the fans or is it just natural yourself? I don't understand. I just don't. I just don't understand why you wouldn't be. Really, mm. I mean, there's yeah. some things. Obviously, you'd be stupid if you blurted them out. You know, like the, obviously the Glen Murray situation. You know, we knew about that at the fans forum. Mm. You know, and, and the fans would all understand. I think that you know, Glen had, had certain um, obligations he had to fulfil at Brighton and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You just wouldn't have been respectful or right to, to, to do that. Um, but, you know, it's just the way, it's the way I run this business. It's the way Stephen runs his business. Um, it's very much the way Martin is. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm the sort of person who's happy to make a decision and then justify it. You know, I'm, I'm happy to have a debate around the things that I think, and I'm more than willing to sometimes change my mind. Not always, but I, you know, and it's, it's about getting the right answer. That's all it's about. For this club, it's just about trying to get the right answer. Yeah. Um, sometimes we'll feel we know better than all of you. Mm. We will, and sometimes we'll feel that you know we, we, that maybe we're you know we wrong or we're we're at ideas or whatever. You know, um, I mean, being open comes with its problems in that we get a lot of ideas from people. You know, and it's really hard just to follow up and, on all of them. You know, um, so you have to prioritise. Uh, but no, I just it's, 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 it's a football club's a very different thing, isn't it? You know, it's a. They, everybody feels a sense of ownership of their club mm. 
Um, and and you've, you've got to embrace that. And I think there's a commercial sanity in embracing that, right? Because the more people feel part of something, the more they want to help it, the more they're going to put themselves out, the more money they're going to spend, etc., etc., etc. I think, you know, maybe I'm wrong. But no, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think it's, it's been demonstrated this year. I think I say the general the general sort of feeling amongst bands is that I mean you, you had it all the time. I mean obviously uh, I moderate the, the Homestone message boards myself and we, I can say for an absolute fact the complaints about the way people were treated by the club have just have just disappeared. You, you get a few where people have had a misunderstanding or you know they've encountered a genuine problem, but they don't seem to um, they don't seem to exist like they did. Um, well, I mean, the staff are, 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 are very good at, at the club. I mean, I can't praise them all highly enough, you know, and, and they all love the club as well. That's why they work there. So um, I think we've maybe empowered some of them, you know, a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and we don't get entirely positive comments, but I think what we try and do is we try and respond to the negative ones. You know, that's the thing. You know, I've always been taught that your customers that complain care because they won't bother otherwise, yeah. you know? And... Um, so what you've got to do is you've got to, you know, take that effort that they make in complaining and and turn it to, you, to to the good, you know. So look at it seriously and say, well, maybe we could have been a bit better there, you know, rather than not saying, not, you know, just saying no, it's not our fault or like what a lump it or whatever. Yeah. Going back to uh, transfers and Ben Murray and things like that. Um, if W says to you that he wants to sign a player, is it as simple as that? You give him the money and say, go and do it, or do you have a lot more of an impact in that? I think we're all trying it. We're trying. To, I'm very consensual as a, as, a, as a person in terms of trying to get to the right answer. So uh, we've we've got an input, you know, in that we want to know that the diligence has been done on that player, you know, and, and um, Dougie and his management team will, will build credibility, you know, over a period of time, and that credibility is growing, you know, quickly, you know. Um, there's an enormous amount of trust and faith in Dougie, but not to the extent that we're going to make some of the mistakes that we've made in the past. So it's a very open dialogue. You know, what we want is a very open dialogue with the training ground and then, you know, tell us what they're thinking and why they're thinking it and all that kind of stuff. And um, they're very, you know, open. To, they know how much we care and what we've got on the line as well, right? So they're not... Um, you know it's not, the other thing is they're not just sitting there saying we do the playing side you know you'll go over there and manage the bars and the restaurants and mm. we'll do the rest of it you know it's, it's I sit down with Dougie and Lenny I want to understand where they're going what their direction mm. is on an ongoing basis not once at the beginning and then set and cast them adrift yeah because as I said when George went you know We've all got to take responsibility for everything about the club. You know, you can't, for me, just to go, there's a manager, we're going to give him some money, if they screw up, you know, it will be their fault and we'll sack them. Yeah. Right? Never mind the damage it might do to the club, you know, and the, and the finances and the fact the next manager might not have as much money. I don't, I, I just think it's, it's a mad way to be. We want, I want Dougie and Lenny and, and Tony to be the most successful management team there's ever been. Mm. Right? And, I believe that the business acumen and the common sense and the extra pair of hands that the other owners represent can often help them do that, right? And, and, that, and, and, and I think vice versa, right? So Dougie's got input onto all sorts of things to do with the club as well, outside of just the playing side. You know, Dougie 
has got an opinion about mat studies and, and how you know people should be looked after in certain areas of the ground track you know and I'm open to all that you know what I like about Doug is he's got incredibly high standards yeah. um, about everything you know and, and, and I've, I have <laughs> so you know it, it's, it's, it's a very much essential but in the end Dougie picks the players that he wants to sign. He picks the team, um, and you know we just we just collaborate on it. You know, and, and everybody tries to get to the right answer. Okay. Um, I'll still give you a couple of just a quick fire sort of questions that people have asked, uh, and then hand over to, to Matt to sort of go into a bit more detail on Palace in general. Uh, it's just little things. The uh, things like who was your favourite player sort of throughout your your time supporting Palace. In my <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, I had other quirky players. Like, I liked Eddie McGoldrick. Yeah. I loved Eddie McGoldrick. I just thought he was a great player, really underrated player as well. Never really gets the plaudits that he should for you know a lot of the successes that that, that Palace had. I really rated him as a player. I liked Andy Roberts. Oh. I don't know why, just that laconic kind of style that he had. There was just something about him that I I, I, I always liked. Um, I was a bit absent, you know, in the Lombardo years. Mm. I was really doing this. That was the bit. I was a bit of a TV fan at that point, you know. Um, I remember the opening game season against Everton, and everybody raved about Tio, but I never really went then. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I never yeah. really saw him. So, um, Brighty, I loved. Yeah. You know, I loved the right and bright combination. I think Brighty didn't get the credit that he deserved for his part. You know, sometimes. Yeah, definitely. That? Yeah. Jeff Thomas, not just because I know him now, and he's a, you know, Andy Gray. I thought Andy Gray was a great player. Um, you know, and Andy Thorne. I mean, that whole era and that team is the team that kind of cemented my love affair. Yeah, you know, with, with Palace. So I suppose you know that would be. That's um, that's going to be my second question. Was what was your favourite era? Because obviously people have the the Allison era, era where we played some some amazing football whilst before my time. Yeah. But um, but I mean, obviously you've answered that. Uh, it's the nineties. It's same same for me. Was was my sort of favourite era. So so you've covered my two quick fire ones. So over to you, Matt. I've got a quick one. I've got another quick one. Do you, want um, do you have a moment that kind of sticks out for you from the past that you, that you immediately think that's Palace and that's the moment that sticks out? Um, that's quite a few, aren't there? 4-3 Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, funny enough, we played Liverpool in the league uh, the year after, you know, when we, when we did really well in the league, when we ended up finishing third, was it? Or, yeah. Um, and Liverpool came over John Barnes and, that, you know, they were absolutely majestic side. We yeah. beat them 1-0 and... Uh, I think right across a brighter you sort of back heeled it in or, or bright across I don't know one or two yeah. that, that sticks out in my memory but I go back to promotion standing on the pitch with Rashid Harcourt and uh, before most of your time mm. promotion from the old second division into division one when we went to watch a reserve game because Mansfield and Wrexham were playing somewhere else oh, yeah. was it, all the games didn't finish on the last day we finished and we either we could we could go up as champions or not get promoted. It was that tight, yeah. and we went up as champions. Um, so just loads of memories. I mean, for me, I mean, one of the things that's poignant for me. I mean, I've been to, uh, I'll be away from say Palace for a while, but because of corporate things, I might go to Charity Shield, Man United, Chelsea, or whatever. Mm. And I'll go Wembley, just 
complete disinterest for it. Yeah. You know, I walk into Sellers Park <coughs> after an absence, and, and, and you know, my heart be beating, and I'm nervous, and you know, um, and it's an incredible thing, really. Yeah. Why, why something like that means so much to you? But it, it, it does. So there's so many moments. I was in, I was in Greece on business when we. Um, Darren Powell was it <laughs> scored the equaliser yeah. at the last minute and I was jumping up and down in a bar and screaming yeah. <laughs> and nobody knew why I was, you know, was doing it and then I flew back from I went to New York before the club final I flew back from New York jumped in a car my mate Nick Mulgrew and belted up the motorway got into the ground two minutes past three the game had kicked off and then you know Neil Chipley scored and then we got you know just they're just countless great memories mm. you know over the years and, and countless moments of despair as well yeah. traveling away standing with everybody in the you know the, the away and just mm. we carried it with bless him he was a good player you know for yeah. us fouls a guy doesn't he fortune scores and you know I mean just the low moments uh, you know Arsenal away when um, I mean I kept telling people this time you know when we were six points clear and Sheffield had that goal difference mm. you know ten goals eight goals worse and I said yeah but and it was funny you know I mean there's an interesting because I went to the game again you won't know this we were we were nine points clear three games to go and the team did a lack of honour and I think Oldham was something like eight goals worse than yes. us and um, team did a lack of honour and I thought we were playing Ipswich, but I was talking to Lenny, and Lenny said, you weren't playing Ipswich, you were playing Middlesbrough, because it was me who was managing them. <laughs> he said, and, we, and you did, we did a lap of honour, and then Oldham went and beat, they beat Villa, who were going for the championship, they beat, like, they beat, they'd never won three games in a row, and we went to Arsenal away in the last season, and of course, Wrighty scored against yeah. us. And um, it was funny, because a real friend is an Arsenal fan, and our wives were, um, waiting for us at home and we were going to go out for a meal afterwards and obviously we got beat 4-1 then we got relegated and um, I went home and I sat on his couch and the girl said where are we going then and my friend was like you know, he went he ain't going anywhere <laughs> and I said no I've got to go home I can't go you know it's just it means that much to you doesn't it you know yes. and um, so there's so many even those are great memories for some yeah. masochistic <laughs> bizarre reason you know they're, they're, they're amazing memories so you know it's, it's, it, it, it's just it's, everything about Palace for me has been a positive thing in my life and this has been probably so far the most positive experience I hope it continues yeah definitely ok thanks Dawn right ok um, let's go on you don't have to answer whatever you've done or answer just say no um, are you look well obviously we're looking to sign players this summer um, is there a certain amount of players that you were looking to sign um, that's basically it really uh, how many is your aim to sign I don't know the exact number I mean um, I think you know we're probably going to go for more quality than quantity um, so you know it's more by position you know so you want Two people play right back, two people play left back. And you want probably three people who can play centre back. But maybe one of the left backs or right backs can also play centre back. You do, you know, yeah. So that, that's more the way the management sort of think about it, is just getting the right level of cover in all the positions. Yeah. Um, 
James Vaughan um, heard much about him because seem, he seems to have gone quiet on Twitter now. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, like, regularly. But James Vaughan's come to do very well for us. So he's got a lot of options. And yeah. I think there's Premier League interest. And at the end of the day, if there's Premier League interest, it's very difficult for a player to come to Crystal Palace. So I, I would say James Vaughan is probably unlikely. Mm. Um, not That's not because we wouldn't want him, because he's a fabulous player. He's a nice lad as well. I went and picked him up in the snow when we had the snow and got to know him a little bit. And he's a really smashing guy. And he gave... You know, again, anybody says that loan players don't give their all. We gave 400, 500% for Palace, and I think every time he ever comes back, he's made a, you know, he's got a bond with the fans. You know, he's made a, a huge success of, of, of his time there. But it, it doesn't look like that one's going to come off. Mm. I think, we, we, you know, Dougie knows exactly what he wants to do, and he knows exactly who he wants, and we've worked with him on a plan of how we get them, and okay. we're very pleased with, with where, where he's going and, and what he's doing so you know it's, it all will be revealed during the course of the summer yeah. but um, yeah there's, there's definitely you know right now we're looking for goals yeah definitely right. well, goals. we need goals you know we, we, everybody needs goals but we, 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 we were poor last year on a goal scoring front yeah. uh, especially from our front end, you know so we need goals and, and Glenn Murray's you know the, 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 the first Step in that yeah. equation, and we're really pleased that we've, we've managed to secure uh, a great terms of him. And then, you know, we go, we, we, we go on from there. So mm. there'll be some going, some coming in. Yeah. You know, as I said at the fans forum, don't panic if you see somebody go. No. The only reason we will let somebody go is because we can spend that money in a better way for the club. Yeah. Okay, um, last question really on transfer. You know what it's going to be about. <laughs> um, we had an interview with Neil Downs yeah. um, at the Pro of the Year Awards. The interview was starting to go really well, actually. Um, you know, we we will agree that he kind of said, you know, he's going to be meeting you next week or whenever it is uh, to agree, you know, or just to sit down and have a chat with you, really. Um, can you tell us the likelihood of it happening with him staying? I mean, we made Neil an offer. Neil played brilliant for us last year, didn't he? So yeah. he attracts a lot of attention. We've made Neil an offer. We'll have a chat with him in the context of that offer. You know, I mean, if there's a bit more or a bit here, a bit there, you know, we're not going to be stupid about it. You know, but if people are offering him crazy money as a, as a, as a free agent, then maybe you know, it, it, it's not the right thing for him. Look, we we need players at Crystal Palace that are motivated, one thousand percent, to play for Crystal Palace. You know, nobody plays for a football club forever. That's just the nature of the beast, right? So. Um, would we like Neil Downs to stay? Of course we would. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a good player, he's a good bloke. Yeah. You know, he's, he gives you the same every time he steps out on the pitch. Yeah. You know, um, he's got a skill, he's got a talent, he's got some other players, some other players haven't got, yeah. he gets a goal. You know, and, and he's a good character to have around the place. So we absolutely would love him to stay. But if he goes, we've got contingency plans in place, and we'll work on. You know, we're working on those now. We'll work on them. You know, that's the nature of football. You, you can't mourn. You know, he's been at Palace. He's done a great job for us over a number of seasons. If yeah. he does go, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find what we think will be the best replacement for him. Yeah. Have you had offers for him? There's a lot of paper talk, obviously, about Harlan clubs like that. Have you had concrete offers from clubs? We don't get the opposite. Neil's a free agent now, so okay. it, it, first of July, 
he can sign for who he wants. Right. So the clubs, as, as of January, the clubs don't have to come through us, they can talk directly to him. Okay. So um, we, we've got no visibility on what he's being. I know as much about what he's being offered as you reading the Daily Mirror or the. Yeah. Forget that, and they just. <laughs> just forget them. <laughs> yeah, they just they like this year, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't know that. But that's what they find out as well, though. Yeah, I love it, yeah. That sort of leads, that's quite nicely leads into something I was going to say actually. Um, it was a question, the general question was what is, since you got involved in football, what is perhaps the most shocking part? I mean, obviously, a lot of information seems to go wandering all over the place, and people find out things you think, how the hell did they find that out? Well, but I've come to the conclusion that you can't actually think something. Somebody <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. You know, the, the, the matter. There's nothing that's really. That, that's surprising. You just literally can't keep anything secret, you know. Um, uh, other than that, I don't really. I can't really tell you, to be honest. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think. Uh, I don't do things very quickly. You know, when, when, when we had a sort of quite a long period of time. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, talking about getting involved with the club because of you know we were talking to Simon before it went under and then when it, when it, when it, when it did go under um, so you know it, it, honestly nothing's that surprising if I'm going to get involved in something I start asking about it and trying to learn about it and I've read the papers over the years and books and all that stuff so there's nothing really shocking I suppose it's just you do realise how, how hard it is to make a difference. Yeah. You know? Um, so the biggest thing that we've got going for us is just how hard the people at the club work and how much love there is at the club from the fans. You know, we've, that's what we've got to build on. That's our, you know, in our academy, I think they're our kind of yes, ice in the, in, the, in the hole, really. Yeah. Well, I definitely go along with that. Mm. Go on. Yeah. Um, you know, last year, uh, obviously, administration, there was the two protest days type things. Um, when we went up to Lloyd's, had the decision already been done before we got up? Or was it all done on the day and then when they announced it, it was the official time? Well, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of urban legends, aren't there, about that day? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's a shame to dispel, but there's a, there's a certain that I was in the building, mm-hmm. but I wasn't in the, in, the, in the building. But there's people that still believe that I was in the building. The, the, the most amazing thing about that whole thing, and, and then so you kind of learn. I, it was all kind of falling apart thing on the Sunday, and I wrote a statement 
and released it on the on the Holmesdale. Mm. And 45 minutes later, I was watching it on Sky Sports News. You know, it it, it came from Sky Sports News. Um, there was never our intention for anybody to go and demonstrate at the at, at the bank. I mean, that was a bit of a shock. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, that that, that made a difference. Yeah, there's no, there's no. That's not me trying to create a history that that, that makes people feel better. Mm. There, there, there was no decision. The whole thing was falling apart, and that made a difference. I hope so. I mean, I It just got people to focus mm. on it, right? There was one sort of view where it will just sort of peter out, or eventually these guys will do something and not worry about the ground. Yeah, and it was so critical to the future <laughs> of our football club that that ground was put back together with the club in terms of under the same ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, that gives us a flexibility that we've never had. You know, we can, you know, we're spending money on the ground now, you know, it's a bit dilapidating parts, but we're spending some more money on the corporate areas. We've done some stuff with the boxes. We're able to do the seat numbers in the homes now if we can do that. I can pay them for you if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's quite a big job, that. But, uh, <laughs> so... You know, it, it, it did help a lot. It helps a lot. Yeah, that day for me as well. Such a togetherness in the fans that like you got there and you see hundreds and hundreds of other people who were there for the same reasons. The stadium one was nothing to do with us. The stadium one was happening anyway. Mm. Yeah. So the one where everybody went to the stadium. But we, we released the statement whilst people were at the stadium mm. and then that made people think that we orchestrated the whole stadium yeah, yeah. as well, which, 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 which we had. There was no intention of people to go to the bank. It was just that's how people naturally reacted to it. Mm. You know? Yeah, I mean, I got a message on my phone, I think, because the next day for Lloyds, I literally, I was picked for the Sussex game, cricket match, yeah. and I'd uh, got a text from my friend saying, right, you need to ring them up and do a city, because you have to come <laughs> to this. And I was thinking, well, it's make or break this day, so yeah. I literally phoned up and said, look, I've torn my uh, ligament. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they said, you're joking? And I said, no, literally, I'm not. Anyway, I've gone up to the Lloyds thing, me being an idiot, done a little interview <laughs> next thing everyone's seeing me on TV oh you made it up there alright so basically I've had to go down to a meeting at Sussex yeah um, County Cricket Club and they've said uh, so why was you up there and I've said okay right I'm going to just explain it was make or break for my football club right I don't know what I'd do if I uh, you know if it was to go you know go into liquidation and they said but it's Crystal Palace not Brighton I said, <laughs> I'm probably the only Crystal Palace fan that plays at Sussex, and they just let me off. I said, well, thanks for that, but they just couldn't believe like the amount of interviews that we were all doing up there. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was probably the funniest moment of my life so far. <laughs> that togetherness has stayed as well. That's the best thing as well. It's got some great. I mean, I know I, I remember the, the the last administration before that, and there was during it there was this great togetherness as well, and. You know, hero, heroes were made out of players who well, I would say weren't, weren't the best players. You know, certainly, uh, I mean, Dean Austin took a lot of stick on the pitch, but became a, a cult figure. Um, you know, just for the commitment, people playing for nothing, and that. But that Look, dissipated. I, I mean, I, David Wright became my cult hero this this year. Oh yeah. Because it, you know, we asked him to play. Left, he's a right back. Mm. He played left back and centre midfield for yeah. most of the season. Okay, right, he's not. You know, he's not the best with the ball at his feet, right? He would never profess to be that. And, but I'll tell you what, people ask me, do you watch football differently? And 
as a fan, he would have frustrated me, mm. right? Because I'd have just watched him when he was on the ball. But as an owner, and you know, going away from home more and getting more worried about getting beat yeah. than than just you know what's going to stop us getting beat before we start playing fancy football. Mm. Right, he stopped us getting beat. Right, yep. in that holding role, harrying people, ch- being able to go out either way and play as a right back if Kleine and um, Kleine and, and Dean later were, were bombing forward. Yeah. You know, he broke things up. He did so much hard work in a position that's not natural for him. So he became my he epitomised I mean he's, he, there's nothing of him yeah. but he's one hard you know he's hard yeah, yeah, you yeah. know I mean he's, he tackles and, uh, and gets up from everyone and unfortunately he took a Knoxville dance and I'm surprised he didn't get one before but he, he rightly became my cult hero through, through, through the, the from, certainly from January yeah. onwards I think it well, hold on no I'm just literally I've got a really long time are we are we low on time because we've been here quite long yeah, yeah. you sure yeah, I've got to go around here. Oh. okay um, yeah so I mean obviously on David Wright I know obviously he's not been you know he's taken some stick from fans and like you say fans perhaps have a different view but I think we've, when he was out towards the end there I think that I think it opened a lot of people's eyes to how much we did miss him so um, yeah I, yeah, I think that's a, that's a very valid point well, well I wanted to give you something sort of player, you, you know I wanted yeah. to say you know the, Chairman Award for, for, for you know because he just did anything we asked him to do mm. and he gave 150% every single game and I would really question the fans that that, that, that oh is it you know he was the difference in a lot of games mm. between us getting beat and us nicking it because you know he was breaking so many things up that, that, that the people didn't see yeah, I think, I mean, I hate to say fans need a scapegoat, but I mean, it does seem that way sometimes. But I mean, that's, everyone does see the game differently, but also I think the evidence was there towards the end of the season when, when David Wright was missing. I think yeah. that's, it's a very, very fair comment. And yeah, I mean, I know the Ipswich fans were, when, when he left there, they were, they were, some of them were, were livid with Keane for letting him go because yeah. of how highly they rated him. And like you say, natural position as a right back. So, you know, next season if we're doing a bit better, you know, if they're right back, left back, or holding midfield. Now that, you know, if that isn't a useful member of the squad mm. to have, you know, and that's the kind of thing that you've got to think about in, in you know, the managers and people like that have to think about, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a utility player that just gives us lots of options and you know, you know, we'll never let it down. Okay, he's not going to, probably not going to score from 30 yards, you know, or, or, or you know, that, he will never let you down and he always give up from yeah. 10%. You need those characters. I mean, that's about the show when we lost Darian Hill. And they, they were all about character, and it's, it's very hard to replace. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, we're not gonna, we're going to try and rush through this now uh, as best we can. There's just a few just general quick bits and pieces, and I'll let these guys pick up on anything I miss. Uh, State Stadium, you you asked, uh, you answered already that you've just got meetings planned. People are still still asking the question. Um, yeah, that's the same answer. The same answer, just meetings planned. Yeah. Um, Future we, we've just t- t- touched on, but I mean, I suppose building attendances is the overall thing. Um, we saw at the end of last season, you had the Barnsley game uh, and the Scunthorpe game, we had the ticket offers, and I think particularly the young fans were really benefited there. Um, and it just it filled the ground and it filled you know I'm, I'm on the ticket form of the fans focus groups which is which has been really really encouraging um, obviously get to see people like Phil Alexander in action who are excellent 
obviously Mandy box office manager who's really brilliant as well and, and you know their support made that a really great day but you're restricted in terms of special offers do you think ticket prices are forever an art point of debate and you know I've, I've seen We're both talking about today look, I don't it's, it's not an area that I personally have delved deeply into so Stephen Browett and Phil have done the bulk of the work on ticket prices but Stephen emailed me this afternoon they're under constant review but the difficult thing is it's our second biggest revenue stream right after the you know TV money basically and it's pretty close mm. such an essential revenue stream for the club that you know the, the problem is you've got to be careful with special offers because if you extend them to they're not special anymore are they you know and then people that are paying for a Christmas season ticket are going we're all getting it for terror every week mm. you know while while I'm getting yeah. £400 for a season ticket you know so it's an incredibly complex area in terms of what you offer and but look there are things that we all want to do we want to make it more accessible we actually want to give people a better product that they might be happier to pay yeah. more for so it's an ongoing debate really I'm not sure that you'll ever get the right price for everybody and the no. right thing for everybody you know I mean it's like we were talking last week somebody said oh, our price on the lives they were expensive but we, that's the one area of the ground that we sell out mm. right we sell out the low homes now so why you know that's obviously where everybody wants to be where if it's, you know it is a business right you know yeah. demand and supply if that's where everyone wants to be you've got to pay slightly more to get in there you know so I've, I've had people in the off way to make that point to me actually uh, that they're saying um, you know we, we, we sit you know at the back of V or the back of W and they want to get people there but it's £5 more expensive or, than, than the low homes there they're like well that's where everyone wants to be so why is there that imbalance I think it's an interesting point but but yeah I assume the um, V was W wasn't it and it was on the halfway line so the halfway line would normally be probably the most expensive place yeah to sit in the ground wouldn't it um, also bear in mind that we can't offer a different price to the away fans no, right. than we can to the home fans in the same area of the ground oh. so if we do it cheaper for the handful of people that are in the Arthur Way, that's one of the reasons that we, yeah. we can move when we move people out the Arthur Way. And then we just have their fans. Yeah. So we can make it an A game. And then their fans pay more money if we get all the money. All right, that makes perfect sense. Your last question, and I'll let these guys ask anything if they've got it, but hopefully not. Your last question is where do you see yourself and Palace in five years? I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't make big predictions and stuff all I'll do is we'll do our best and if somebody as I said with the fans forum we might not even own it you know if somebody comes along hmm. with the right intentions towards the club and a big checkbook that they want to open and unleash then you know we, we, we look at that you know we look at every opportunity we can to make this club a bigger club than it is now that's what we want to do we want to move it on to the next level you know, if I was dreaming I'd love to see us, you know, with a new ground or a much better ground, you know, in the Premier League. Of course I would. But, I don't, you know, whether we can share or put that kind of pressure on us or mm. make those kind of predictions. Right now, you know, we're happy providing something that's solid and stable that me and, and the rest of the fans have got to go and do on a Saturday afternoon. Yes. And uh, we, we want to we go from there, you know. We want exciting football. That's number one. You know, we'd like to be playing. You know, Dougie wants to play exciting football. You know, we want to play the Palace way. You know, lots of pace. And that's what we want to try and get to. Whether we can, I don't know. Um, so five years' time, let's just hope, you know, 
incrementally further forward than we are now. That's <laughs> where we are CS, hopefully. Perfect. Right, we'll end it there. Thanks a lot, Steve. One yeah. quick there you go. Uh, silly question. Um, okay, where's that the player of the year was we've done an interview with McCarthy I think these guys know what I'm going to say um, first things first he's literally just said can I hold the interview there for a sec and I've said that's fine I said oh so it's still recording and he's gone oh do you want to sign for us next year me and me I said what yeah that's fine and he said well you're nine foot tall two stone um, <laughs> and you know I it's just so, that's not, so I was just wondering, could you dock his wages? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's Paddy's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Paddy's. <laughs> he is. He he's. He doesn't get enough mention either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've I've got. He just does the right things all the time. I mean, I heard at the player of the year that he stayed till almost half twelve or something. One <laughs> I mean, he's, he, I feel personally that Paddy's really grown into the captain's role this year. Mm. I think at the beginning of the season, it was all a lot of bit much, and that's not fair. But he was trying too hard. He was yes, trying to totally, yeah. instead of instead of being the captain, he was sort of trying to be the captain, mm. you know. And I felt towards the end of the year, he really grew into the role. And he's got a gravitas and a, and a way about him that I think other people follow, you know. And, and I, I, I think he's, a, you know, this season will be his season. I think he's a great captain for the club and he's uh, so amenable and approachable. And again, 110% gets the youngsters doing the right thing, sets the right example to everybody. Um, so, I, I'm, you know, he's a, he's a real pleasure to know as a, as a, as a bloke. So, no, I'm not talking his way. No, he did say a lot, though. He, um, <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be fair though he did say if he was to leave the club his son would kill him he said he was so late he's so hot like I went to me and Achilles checked out and um, at the club and he was in there just because he, he just getting something checked out and his son came in full palace kit <laughs> full palace kit Mad Paddy's fan, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's so good to see. No, yeah. Paddy's Paddy was brilliant to speak to. I think he's our new favourite player <laughs> next year as well. He's great. great he really is a, uh, just a top top bloke. Simple mm. as that. All right, everyone happy? Absolutely fantastic. fantastic. Thanks a lot, Steve. Lovely. Really good to see you guys. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thanks for coming Thanks. in. Thanks. Homesdale Radio. Lewisham Eagle likes to listen whilst talking nonsense in the chat room. Chris. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Oh, we can hear you now. Go. Oh, okay. All right. Fantastic. Well, thanks for that, Mikey. Um, right. Listen. Hope you really enjoyed that. It was a. It was an absolute pleasure to meet Steve. Is um, yeah. It was. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, very accommodating to us and. You know, it, the entire tag staff were excellent all day, uh, treated us very, very well. And, um, yeah, I'll say, obviously, there's a great deal from that. You'll probably want to hear it again because it was quite a long interview. Uh, we will be releasing a podcast of that after the show. Um, we're pretty much pretty much bang on after the show, Mikey, is that? Yes, straight away. Straight away. Fantastic stuff. Um, okay, well, look, we're going to finish off. Uh, regular listeners will, will be pleased to know. We're just going to finish off with a look back of our sort of favourite moments. If you do want to email us, it's radio at homesdale.net. We will read those out. And, uh, and talking of emails, we've got one from from regular listener Nick Gussett that we want to want to read out. He just says, Evening peeps, good luck with the last show. First Claude left us and now you, but at least you'll be back. 
And his questions are, the first one is, what, is your, what was your favourite moment of this series of the show? Uh, which we'll all go through later on, uh, after, we've, after we've talked about this. Uh, what are we going to do this summer? Well, uh, other than uh, go to pre-season friendlies, I think most of us are probably be trying to repair the damage we've done to our actual paid work. Uh, with uh, spending so much time on this show. Guys, uh, Ben first, what are you up to? Unless it's you, Chris, who needs to, needs to sort out their working career. Homesdale.net and Homesdale Radio. Yeah, I can't um, help myself. Me personally, I'm going to Spain for a month, which will be nice. Um, mm-hmm. Try and get a bit of a tan, and then you're back for pre-season. Fantastic. Pax, what are you up to in the summer? Um, going to Barbados. Barbados! absolutely outrageous Mark which uh, exotic Caribbean country are you going to I'm, not, I'm going to hospital for a liver transplant great <laughs> <laughs> ok that's great no, uh, no, no, I'm actually, yeah, actually on a serious note I'm actually quite it doesn't seem like anybody else is interested from what uh, I've read and seen yeah. on the boards and that but I'm quite looking forward to the England under 21 tournament in Denmark the Euros that's on the 11th of June so I shall be I shall be watching that to get my football fix all oh, right, excellent stuff. If I had uh, any gonna... money, I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a feeling, mate. Um, well, okay, we're going to give uh, we're going to give regular listener Link Gusset a ring in a little bit, just uh, just so he can talk directly to us. But the last little bit of his question before I hand over to Ben for a short while was: he said, uh, "Was Barca's performance the most complete team performance you have ever seen? And how much would you be willing to pay week in week out to watch the mighty Palace play like that?" He finishes it with missing you already, Gus Wuss. I'm not sure about that. Uh, obviously, we mentioned Barcelona earlier on. It was... <laughs> I don't know. They made Manchester United look particularly ordinary. And uh, if... Well, I I would be willing to pay, you know, whatever it took to watch Palace play like that, I think. Um, I you know. completely disagree with that point, Chris. Mm. What? After uh, all this the roller coaster ride that, that Palace go on every game, I think... If we, I'd much rather support a team like Crystal Palace than someone like Barcelona or Man United who just win every game. It's boring. You keep winning, getting three points here, getting three points there. Do you not think the watching Palace, like not knowing if we're going to win, if we're going to lose, if we're going to draw, if we're going to let in ten goals, if we're going to score ten goals? Do you not think that's much more interesting? I think it's uh, it's a valid argument. I, I often talk to my Premier League supporting chums uh, who never go to the games about the fact they don't get the full experience of football. Um, I would just, I would just argue that you, you saw the sort of the beautiful game from Barcelona mm. last night. Yeah, admittedly, I'm it was not, good. I'm not saying that I would. I think we wouldn't be missing out on some of the experience if we saw Arsenal play like that every week. I just think it, in some ways, it would be well. It, it's it's tough. I think you make a very valid point, and you you don't really, you can't really go either way on that. I would like not to feel like I'm going to kill myself at the end of every season. <laughs> Or something's yeah. going horribly wrong. It is part of the experience, and I know Steve touched on that in, in the interview that all the all the bad moments kind of add to it in some masochistic way. That you, you, uh, it's, it is Palace. It sums us up, and it is the club. And we, um, obviously, I don't think we'll ever we ever will get to to watch us play like Barcelona in, in a lot of ways. I hope we do, but I, I can't see it. It's not a realistic aim at the moment. Um, but who knows what the future holds? Okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, uh, Chris, what I thought after watching yesterday's game. I thought Mm. it just showed up how average the Premier League is (laughs) in terms of uh, Man United are supposed to be the best team in the country, and uh, that was a pretty woeful performance, obviously against a quality team. But I just think uh, you don't think it was. 
No, if well, Man United against any other team in the Spanish league, they'd probably win. It's just Barcelona have 200 places above everyone else. It's <laughs> a fair point, Mikey. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. Really. I think I think there's a definite. We've seen it at international level. There's a definite um, difference between between the technical abilities of, of English players at the moment. And I know a lot of the the grassroots stuff and a lot of the... I mean, I think it's elite development that Gareth Southgate is actually heading up now. Those sorts of things. That's the areas they're looking at. I mean, how is it that, are, you know, are young players playing too much 11-a-side football too early? Should they not be playing five games up to a certain age? It's a massive subject. I don't know why we've got into it. <laughs> it's just going to cause problems. I can't remember everything. Um yeah, I mean, sorry, before we go any further, actually, uh, Ben, you wanted to mention uh, Dan Pringle's blog. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dan, obviously, a lot of you may know him. He's been on the show uh, a few months ago, actually. He, we, he had um, came on for an interview. And he's uh, an academy player who was let go by the club, unfortunately. But he was a great player for Palace, and I'm sure he's got a, a good long career ahead of him at a different club. But he's got a lot, one last blog. Uh, he's been blogging, well, admittedly, a lot of you will have read it. Um, so that's, if you do want to read that, it's HTTP colon forward slash forward slash blog dot lfe dot org dot uk forward slash article forward slash end dash of dash the dash road <laughs> that is that is the link there do you want to put do you want to put that link link perhaps on the thread on Homesdale well, that's the most you go on his twitter as well go on his twitter Sam Pringle's yeah, twitter that's the um, most ridiculous but, thing I've ever heard <laughs> no it's a really good really good article uh, the last one he's written all of it his find it yeah it is a very good article yeah go on Colon, forward slash, forward slash, blog dot lfe dot org dot uk, forward slash, article, forward slash, end, dash, of, dash, the, dash, road. There you go. Good work. Come up there, um, Ben. I could say, I, I have read that, I read that during the, uh, during our hour off a moment ago, and it is an excellent blog, and it, it gives you a lovely insight into, into, you know, the sort of anguish of not, not reaching his goal, but, you know, obviously he feels that he's got to prove something to people. It'd be, you know, obviously, we'll, we'll keep an eye on him, and, uh, and hopefully... Hopefully he comes back. Um, we're going to ring Nick now. Well, um, there he is. He's, he's appearing. Bear with us. Oh, we even get the ringtone. That's fantastic. Ben, you no need to apologise for being an idiot. Hello. Hello, Nick. How are you? Not too bad. Yourself? I'm very well. It seems weird. Sunday night and all that. Having a drink because it's bank holiday. That's it. We're all doing the same. It's uh, it's a yeah funny feeling, but we had to we had to do it because you can't rely on people on a Monday bank holiday. I'm afraid. No, no. You can't rely. So, anything in particular you want to talk to us about? Any particular members of the team you want to speak to as well? No, I just wanted to say thanks for um, livening up me Monday, Sunday, Tuesday nights, whatever night you're on. (laughs) (laughs) With all your random days. At least you're not interrupting Top of the Pops. Exactly, I mean, that's the main... Yeah, no, it's been a breath of fresh air, and every week you've been on, it's got better and better, and your calibre of guests has got better out and better so you've got a lot to live up to next season yeah I know we've a uh, lot to live up to we've got some big plans um, some things that might shock you Nick no there aren't any I've just made that up nothing uh, shocks me anymore I've been no. in the chat room with Serial Fredder nothing no, shocks me I don't I just don't know I've you know that that, that lad something wrong there something There's very something wrong something wrong there but let's um, face it, he's been brilliant, hasn't he, this year, livening up the Homesdale boards. What, what, a, what a pro. Yeah, it's, it's been weird having a radio version of an internet chat room. <laughs> and it hasn't gone too nerdish, you know. No Not nerdishness yet. at all, really. 
No, we've um, we actually got an email during the week from uh, from someone telling us that uh, he really liked the fact that um, we sort of we were just behaving like supporters rather than trying to be professional radio people. I thought we were being professional radio people, <laughs> but apparently not. So um, <laughs> when I've seen you in the pub, you're acting like an old pro. That's it. Exactly. Do you mean that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> emphasis on old. Emphasis on pro. Oh, exactly. <laughs> See, that's You're selling yourself and all that. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna open it out to the other guys to see if they've got any questions for you, Nick. Anyone? Yeah, sure. Oh, come on! You must. Be <laughs> Nick, 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 what's your highlight of the season? My highlight of the season, um, football-wise, staying up. I think the Leeds game was fantastic, mm. especially as I was sitting with some Leeds relatives. Oh, and every time they failed us, it was dirty leads, and I was really winding them up. And they left before the end, which made it even better. Oh. Um, and also, I think winning a Palace shirt was good. I won two this year. I won one at the kids' party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won a signed shirt at the kids' party. My son came first prize in the raffle, and he wanted to get a tin of Quality Street. And I said, no, no, I'll get you three of them in Sainsbury's. Get the shirt, get the shirt. <laughs> I tell you what, he, he cried. Nick, did you have, have a CRB check to go to that party? <laughs> I'm a teacher. I'm CRB checked anyway, mate. I've got loads of them. No, only joking. <laughs> yeah. Now, no, Nick, I'm not allowed to mention cows. She's oh, you're not. Mentioner. It's only four-letter words. Sorry. There are only four-letter words when cow comes on. Yes, cund. Yeah, <laughs> it's the polite version of it. Um, and Louis Schmeagel, I've got to say hello to him. Because he's okay, told me in the poll. Matt, it, it looks like you're trying to speak. Yeah. Um, what's your, have you got any best bits of what we've done on the radio? Um, all of it, really. It's been a mix and match. Um, it's been quite good. The Steve Parrish interview was good. You know, it's the first yeah. one I've really sat and take, taken a lot of notice of. <laughs> um, no, because you're in the chat room and it's because it's very quiet in there. I've been able to take a bit more notice. I love the fact that I can re-listen again in the car on the way to work. The old podcast oh. is great. Excellent. I don't know what we're going to do for the next few weeks. How many weeks is it? Eight weeks? Oh, weeks? You listen to them all again. Six weeks. Six weeks. Producer has just said six weeks. Six weeks, excellent. And uh, are we all going down to the Bromley game because I can get a bus there? That's yeah, we're, we're going to go to a game where we can stand up. We're going to try and do everything. You can drink in, in full view of the pitch at Bromley, can't you? I know. I know. Do you remember well, last yeah. year they, um, during last season when there was an international match, they had a non-league day, and if you were a season ticket holder for any club, you could go and watch a non-league game for a fiver. Really? I missed And it. I took Will down to Welling United. It was fantastic. You could change ends at half It's like the old days, change mm. ends at half-time, take the mickey out of the goalkeeper. <laughs> it was brilliant. Fantastic. Brilliant. And all for a fiver. That's another, that's another type of football. It's always good to catch a, a non-league game when you can. Um, yeah, you say it gives yeah, it it's a different perspective. It's like Royal the Rovers, because you can actually hear what everybody in the crowd's saying, so you can have them conversations across the pitch. You know, like the speech bubbles in Royal the Rovers, where one bloke yeah. in one corner of the ground says something, <laughs> and somebody in the other corner says something else. And you can do that at Welling in real life. <laughs> I, could, I also like the fact that if you want to pick on an opposition player, you, he, can, he can hear every word you say. Um, 
I did once go into an non-league game where a mate of mine was refereeing and uh, he was getting some stick about being bald. And in, in true professional style, uh, the sort of man he is, he pulled his shorts down and patted his ass in the direction. <laughs> not really sure you can... I mean, at pre- Premier League level, you probably wouldn't get away with that, but um, yeah, that was, that was a good... Didn't good, Robbie Fowler once show his bum? I think he did, yeah. Yeah. That's a very... Well, I remembered that. Was that a meaningful moment for you? Um... No. Whatever happened to Robbie Fowler? He went to Cardiff. Where did he end up? Do you know what? I think he's come back now. He's, he was coaching at somewhere, wasn't he? Assistant manager or something at Tranmere, maybe? Something like that. I don't know, Nick. I'll have to do some research. You've thrown me there. Yes. Yes. So, anyway, look, just keep he's up the good work. Well, no, don't. Don't keep up the good work. Have a good few weeks off. Mm, I'm looking yeah, forward to the old um, Nostalgia Fest. Yeah, I say keep an eye out for that because hopefully one of the things we will be releasing as a, as a podcast will be a trial of, of Mark's first show on that if things go well. So we'll um, I'm not even sure I told Mark that, but that's what we're doing, Mark. Mm, so thanks we'll, for that, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got lots of good memories on Saturday afternoons going to Palace in the youth. Well, and maybe five to get in, and you know, maybe Mark can interview you. That would go well. Hooray! There you go, Mark. First interview sorted. That's it. I, I keep this show going, don't I, really? Nobody else calls you. It is just you. <laughs> there's, only one listener, there's only one listener a week. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've, got, I've got 800 usernames. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, cheers, buddy. Appreciate your call, and we'll, um, yeah, you, you know, you've been an absolute legend this season, mate. All right, you too. You too. Cheers, I'll see you next season. Bye. Cheers. Now, bye. Bye. Uh, that's bye. great to hear from Nick there. What a... A lovely call. We've got a couple more emails. Um, hopefully the, the guys can see those. Uh, ben, can you pick up the first one, possibly? Yeah, the ticket prices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He says, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for a great radio station and interview. I see a lot saying about ticket prices. I usually sit in the Arthur Way when I travel over, and this season coming, daughter and grandson will be coming over with me. I think the prices aren't that bad, and if I lived in England, I'd be a lot, at a lot more matches than the 6 to 8 I can afford to get to, what with plane fares and accommodation. Palace till I die. And I was wondering where he's from, but his username's Irish Eagle, so he's from Ireland. That's, that's a, it's, a, it's a good email. He usually sits in the awful weight. Uh, I mean, uh, it's actually, I mean, one of the points that Steve touched on that I, you know, I didn't actually, wasn't completely aware of this at all. If you want to charge the, the away fans £30 to sit in, in the awful weight, which which obviously we do, it's good money, then um, then we have to charge home fans. And that is an explanation, because people have been saying sort of pretty much all season, why do we pay so much sit in the Arthur? It's got, you know, this poor facilities, the homestead's so much better, why are we being overcharged? And it's, you know, after all, there's a completely logical reason for it. It's quite strange, really. Um, okay, listen, thanks very much for your email, Irish Eagle. You know, thank you for listening more than anything. Thank you for a great show. It's much appreciated. And um, there's a last question there. I haven't read it yet, Mark, but it's it's down to you. It's from Lewis Schmeigel. That's a good uh, question. Yeah, he's, he says, it's a, as I say, it's from Lewis Schmeigel. He says, a serious question for me this week, which uh, makes a change. Um, uh, he says, now Vaughan has joined Norwich, who do you think we should sign instead as a striker? And he say, his suggestion is Jordan Rhodes. Obviously, mm. Huddersfield. Yep. Um, there's obviously been a lot of debate on the boards in the last week with the signing of Murray and rumours and so forth. I don't know what the rest of you lads think would be a good signing, Chris. Yeah, I think we should sign Glenn Murray. Well, that's, that's from Ben, but we have signed Glenn Murray. Good point. Ben, Anyone ben, else? Ben, it's past your bedtime, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, ignore that comment. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, as another striker, that's a, it's a good question. There's, um, there's not a huge amount. I mean, earlier in the in the week, both Matthew Packham and Mikey uh, tried to lie to me that we'd signed Marlon Harewood. <laughs> now, <laughs> it was a lie. It's oh, ridiculous. But I mean, obviously, that that would be that would be something I wouldn't be massively keen on. I don't know. We're being linked with um with, with the likes of uh, Craig Conway, who's, who's a wide player. So I'm not sure. Just not sure who we're looking at, but I think Jordan Rhodes is a good shout, um, and it's just it's just who else is available. I'm, I'm just not sure. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Jordan Rhodes in the absence of any other players I can think of right now. So, get Jay Boffroyd in. <laughs> It'd be nice, but I think he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to Everton. And uh, well, yeah, have you got any actual know, suggestions, Pat? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Really, I don't know who's mm. available. So, oh, yeah. you what you play FIFA every night? You must have a few players on your list. <laughs> oh, there's a few. Oh, okay. we can, yeah. Get sent off a few times, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have noticed that. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Well, listen. That's that's the last of the emails. We couldn't really know. I'm afraid, uh, Ben. Sorry, Lewis Amigo. Probably don't want your real name read out. It's Ben Mintram. Um, Okay, listen, before we go any further and say any more, I just want to do the uh, the shirt giveaway. Now, as I... I'm going to try and Jordan. fill while I look for this website, okay? Um, the, obviously, there were just under 100 people who replied to the survey, which was... It's about 80 more than we thought we'd get, so that was brilliant. Uh, but it does mean that the chances of winning a shirt are a lot smaller than we thought they would be for people. But there are... Mikey, can you potentially tell me how many, what numbers I need to go up to? Uh, 94. 94 it is, okay. So I what we're going to do, you, yeah, we're in there as well. Just so you know, if you do win it, I will choose again. Oh, what? Um, so what I'm doing is I'm using a random number generator from the website random.org. Uh, I select a range and it will come up with a number. So on the count of three, three, two, one... Bang. It's number 16. Mikey, can you beaver away and tell us who that will that be? That is TM. TM from the Homesdale. Oh, Hambo, you were 15. You were 15. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> upsetting. <laughs> I guess he, he comments, longer show. Longer show. Well, we've yes. done that for you this evening. Good Hambo, man. You were okay. three, three minutes away from winning that shirt. That's pretty frustrating, man. <laughs> How else am I going to afford a shirt this year? That money that old radio has cost me. Um, okay, look, brilliant. That's TM. We'll get that shirt. We'll PM PM TM on the Homestale. <laughs> and listen, uh, obviously that's great. Well done, guys. Um, okay, end of the show time. So what we're going to do before we go say goodbye? So I'm just going to go through. Well, I'm going to ask each of our, the current presenters what their favourite moments of the season have been, and I'm going to start with Mark. Mark, your favourite moments for, or moment from Whole Radio's season so far? Well, that is um, the million-dollar question, I guess, because it's been more than one. Uh, I think as a listener, before I was doing any of the presenting side of it, mm. uh, the Mark Bright interview was, was uh, the highlight for me, as a listener, that is. Um, one of the funniest was... Uh, Mikey at Loftus Road when he pretended to be live at <laughs> Loftus Road and, yeah. and the number of people that came up to us after the show 
and said that they actually thought he was there. <laughs> it was actually, it was, uh, it was rather... That was pretty good. Was, yeah, now, uh, amusing, and I think, uh, I do like doing the pub diary, I must say, and Ipswich Away was a cracking one. I don't know, it was just something about the atmosphere and the, uh, we took a great number of fans, and it was a sort of lovely, warm, hot summer's day, and we all <laughs> turned up at the uh, station hotel pub at Ipswich, and... Uh, it was it was just a, like a cracking atmosphere and some funny interviews and Palace fans were pretty pissed and pretty passionate and we interviewed them before and after so you know we got we got some good um we got some good rapport going with with the with the fans on that day and I think yeah, that turned yeah. out to be quite a good pub diary. Um, yeah, other other things I think the beer festival was cracking. Uh, <laughs> being able to interview um, Mr. Brad and uh, Neil Morrissey was was a pleasure and um, I suppose for me CPFC player of the year dinner Dan's telling me highlight of his season was being interviewed by a pissed radio presenter I wasn't honoured about the fact that he I was I was more honoured by the fact that he actually called me a radio presenter than the fact that he said I was pissed <laughs> I think we can probably hear that moment now can't we Mikey can I just say as well one of my highs of the season is getting, getting interviewed by a pissed radio presenter <laughs> That was a great moment. Definitely. Okay, mate. Well, that's that's brilliant. And I'd obviously I will go. I'll talk a little bit more about um, you know thanking you and stuff in a little bit later on. But thanks for that. For that no worries, uh, Mr. Packham. Hey. hey, you're um, you're awake. Yeah, I'm <laughs> you're, up, mate. Excellent stuff. Now you've uh, obviously you're a fairly recent addition to the team. Uh, but no less valued for that reason. Uh, what's been your favourite bit? Um, I've got a couple, really. Um, the first one was meeting you guys, I think. It's been really good. Uh, um, uh, I knew Ben already. He's an idiot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well no, like, just meeting you, really. It's been good. Just meeting everyone. And then, obviously, meeting Mark at the Player of the Year Awards. I still haven't seen Mikey yet, because he's keeping quiet. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. no, it's, that's one thing. And then London, really, we had a really good day. It was, um, you don't get that every day, do you? So it was good. No, exactly. It's the whole experience of, of not only meeting up and having a laugh beforehand and obviously meeting up with Furhead and having some nice food to eat and having a few drinks. But then obviously an hour and, well, basically we're there about an hour and a half in, in Steve's company. That was, that was fantastic stuff. Okay, mate, that's great. Thanks for that. Um, Ben? It's been a roller coaster ride, hasn't it, Chris? Yeah, has yeah. I was, I was looking down the uh, the whole radio page and I was thinking right at the start, such a whirlwind to be doing this. I think we've got so much better, but I think there were some of the funnier times at the start when we literally didn't have a clue what we were doing. <laughs> Everything was so hit and miss. Like we interviewed Richard Corley. I don't know how we got through that. that was in the second show. That, that was, was the only good thing in the second show. Yeah, and we had the most listeners as well. It was like 121 <laughs> people. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, Toby Larone was really funny actually in the, in the third one. <laughs> Got yeah, I want to go find that. Hold on. Can I just can I just say though, you, he, Mikey recorded that on the podcast thing as me falling for it. Yeah, it was no, clearly no. Furhead, no, but yeah. ever, it absolutely was. I ranted about it afterwards. You, you've got if you've got it, play it. Have you got it? I've got it. Uh, yeah, just go on. Here we go. Okay, yeah. I'll let you uh, pick up the next one, Fair. Yep, uh, we've got a text in from Toby Larone in... Uh, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. If you listen to Chris Moyles, if you listen to Chris Moyles and you don't listen to this, I hate you and I will kill you. You've been, you've been out there. Read, read out the message anyway, but come on, Toby Larone, 
Toblerone. <laughs> yeah, so that was yeah. that was me That's falling good. for it, was it? Yeah. Right, okay, good stuff. Anything else, Ben? Mm, yeah, away day diary, stuff like that. When we went to Ipswich, that was hilarious. That was the first one I think that we did. It was. And yeah. then from there we kinda of made it an, an every game thing and I think for the listeners to be able to get involved that way and get interviewed and stuff like that was fantastic. So yeah, that's one of my highlights. Okay, excellent stuff. Perhaps it is slightly alienating for new listeners to hear that because they don't know most of the personalities involved, nor would they want to know most of the personalities involved, <laughs> I hasten to add. All right, mate, well, um, I'm now going to go and finally go to Mikey. Um, Mikey, you've obviously been beavering away in the background for some time. In fact, on every show, like me. Um, what have been your highlights? Do you know what, Chris? My favourite highlight has been spending about <laughs> roughly... 2,000 hours sitting there editing stupid audio clips having <laughs> quacks and eeyores over swear words. Yeah. Yeah, you enjoyed that, have you? I have, yeah. What about all the, the huge amount of time you've had to spend in my company? Have you enjoyed that? I, I've loved that, Chris. Every single second of it. Yeah, that's it. It's not, not been a chore at all, has it? Um, okay, and obviously we met... you? Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Wait, let me, let me finish with Mike. Okay, I haven't carry on. Thought. Because you know how I said we've got that hour to think of something? I haven't thought of anything. Oh, OK. Yeah. So I'm now going to fill a bit of time while I think. Mikey, you had that moment at, at QPR, didn't you? Where yeah, men, uh, Mark, yeah. Can you uh, perhaps play that clip and let me think? Across the Loftus Road now, where Mikey is uh, battling the elements, so to speak. And we'll be giving yes, us up. Chris. Sorry, there's a delay. No, do, no, sorry, uh, do speak. I think we're there now. Yeah, I went off this road. Um, it was two two ex-Crystal Fed Palace players. It was Routledge. No, there was Derry crossing from the right into the box. And Routledge, he nutmegged it through Northworth, Northworthy. <laughs> and into the left pass of Diving Simonson. It's QPR 1, Sheffield United now. <laughs> <laughs> See that that, is, that has got me my favourite moment. It's the way you pronounce I know Albert also did a did a similar thing where he, he claimed he was in the QPR stands with Martin Clunes and things like that. And listening back to that still makes me cry laughing. So those are the sort of things I've enjoyed. I like the things that we've come up with um sort of in the spur of the moment when we had five minutes down under which has criminally only had one airing because uh, the guys haven't managed to get anything together on that but I thought when we uh, just literally were listening to that and just thought to ourselves as they sound like the uh, guys off the Foster's adverts and then played that clip in just the little things like that because because, because we've learned basically um, as we've done this none of us has had real, any real knowledge see Mikey uh, knows how to, uh, to produce these things and Obviously, got uh, got a keen interest in in audio, but the rest of us didn't. I'd never used Skype before the first show, and that, I think again, I don't know if you've got any early clips or anything like that lined up, Mikey. But the first few shows, I yeah, go on, play my first ever intro. Go on. I know. I just thought you might have it lined up to try and taunt me with because I never. I'm prepared. We are on Homestar Radio. Yeah, Oh, 
Hello and welcome to Homesdale.net Radio. My <laughs> name is Chris Hambling, you'll know me better as Hambo. And with me today I have Ferhad Zaidi, who you'll know as Past Dribble Shoot, and Ben Nagel, who you might know as Ben N17. Today the show is just a, a quick trial to see how we get on, and it's a free-to-listen palace show available worldwide and as a podcast. We want as much input as we can throughout the show, and the ways you can contact us are through our email address, which is radio at homes... Quite enough of that. <laughs> My God. Um, I wasn't reading any of that, just so you know. It was all spontaneous. Very robotic, <laughs> wasn't it? No, we, we've sort of talked about it in the past, but I knew um, I was having to present that show. It was actually, I looked back at my, my private messages to work it out, and it was uh, about half past nine in the morning of the show that uh, the Mikey said, oh, by the way, the main presenter's dropped out. Do you mind doing it? Which was, um, at the time, I just, at the time, I just, I, it was, oh, I forget the guy's name, Hamge or something like that, was it? I don't know. You're making me but, things up now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that was, I say, yeah, you look back to that. And you, you had the username that was nearest to Hamge, so we gave it to you. <laughs> I think that might have been it. Great, great choice. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it more than I, I ever thought I would, to be quite honest with you. Um, okay, look, that's, we've all had a, a chance to sort of look back, and I hope you've got similar highlights yourselves listening. But um, I just want to, do you want to do a thanks? And I'm going to give the, the other guys a chance to say thanks after I've done it. But I've got quite a long list of presenters, and I'll try and run through it all as quick as I can. And I really hope I haven't forgotten anyone, because I stopped halfway through writing it, and I've got no idea where I finished. But, I mean, obviously, the first person I want to talk to talk about is Ferhad. Uh, he was on the first show with myself and Ben, uh, and, and with Mikey in the background. None of us, as we said, had, had used really the technology before or anything like that. We, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have a shared document that we could all look at that we have now. So we didn't know how to plan the show at all. And I think listening back to that, those first couple of shows, I think Furhad was, was the one who settled quicker. And it was, it was nice. I could kind of rely on him to, uh, to just sort of say a piece for a period of time without saying er too many times and all that sort of stuff. And I just want to say thank you to him. Uh, he's not, not been on too much since uh, he's been a busy busy man with uh, various trust initiatives and uh, and work but he's he's still a valued member of the whole radio team and i'm sure he'll be back for you next season so thanks for that uh albert is the next one eagle-eyed albert on on homestale uh, his work commitments took over he's been in tenerife for a while now but he was he was on about oh that must be about six shows i'd say and he added the sort of uh, the sort of laid back humour sort of to the thing that we'd been looking for really, and he made made a huge sort of difference on that because it relaxed the rest of us and we were able to sort of to talk and interact in a different way. So thank you to Albert, and he's he's definitely welcome back anytime he's free. And it's been nice to sort of hear him say that he'd missed the show as well once he's been away. Uh, next up, John Burgess. Now John's John had some technical issues and uh, technical failure at his end with his computer, so missed quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of the shows. But having his, his his experience and his enthusiasm for the time we did on the show um, made a huge difference to us. It was you know just a few ideas on the on the Sunday meetings, and you know he it, it was great. He took over a couple of bits uh, when we were talking. So no, he was he was been really valued, and it'd be great to, to have John back again in the future. Uh, Aaron Mitchell, we spoke to Aaron last week, gave him a bit of a send off then, so I won't go to go over all that again. But he was basically been an ever present. Uh, if he's not been on the show, he's been been working in the background, um, and he was just he's just worked incredibly hard. Uh, he's only only a youngster as well, and he's just put so much effort in. Uh, and he's obviously 
we, we've taken the mick out of him a fair bit as well. But um, but he's taken that all in good spirit. He's, he's a cracking lad, and he, he'll definitely be back. Ooh, getting there. Mark. Mark is obviously here, so I'm going to try not to be too... Too sick Yusuf. making about Yusuf. this. No, listen, mate. You, you, you know, we 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 do tend to pick on you a bit, but it's been fun. Uh, you've been here since show eleven, I think it was. Uh, we talked about earlier. You've been available every single week. Um, I don't think. Well, you've worked so hard on air and off air, and I don't think the player of the year stuff would have would have come out the way it did if you just didn't have that thing of bowling up to people and asking for interviews. So that's been a real help as well. You just, you know. Um, and you're, you know, you've been a huge benefit to the show, and obviously next season you've got your own feature, and I think that's going to be perfect for you. And I think that'll go down really, really well. So thank you, Mark, for, for all your efforts. Well, thanks for putting up with me, Chris. No, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. It really has. Uh, next up, we're nearly there. Next up, going to do PAX. Uh, you're a bit of a late comer to the show, mate, but um, you've made a huge difference. You've got us some cracking interviews. It's a, a very different voice to the show. Um, sometimes you're asleep, and sometimes you're not. But really, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you as well, mate. Um, thank you for everything that you've done. And obviously, you're, you're basically a permanent fixture on whole radio now. And uh, we're very glad to have you, mate. Uh, cheers for that, mate. I've got a no tear worries. running down my face now. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben, ben uh, second, you're the penultimate person I'm going to... Thank you. You've been here since day one. You've missed the occasional show. The, my favourite being the time you missed it because you went to McDonald's drive-through. <laughs> Thanks for that. Okay. Uh, but you have, you know, obviously you've been a constant. I think you've uh, you've sort of grown up on the show with like the rest of us have really. Um, from your early days, you were, you were as hesitant as we all were, and I think you've you got very comfortable with it all now. And um, I'm glad to hear you'll be back next next year because obviously you're going off to university. But the technology means that you can still contribute every week. Every exactly week. Saying. I need a laptop, so yeah, I'll be back. Yeah, that's fantastic, mate. Listen, thanks so much for your for your work as well. Uh, early on, especially because you know we didn't know what the hell we were doing. It was great to have your support. So thank you so much. No worries. Thank you, Chris. Uh, the last person I want to thank is uh, is obviously without blowing his trumpet in so many words. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not, I know. It's the man who, without him, none of this would have ever have happened. Um, he's had to work ridiculously hard. That's Mikey, of course. Uh, he's, you have no idea. He's, he's, it's cost him financially to, to produce this show. Just because it's a free-to-air show, uh, show for you guys, it doesn't mean it doesn't cost any money to broadcast. Uh, it costs him money to broadcast it. He's cost him money in prizes. Uh, he's put so much effort in, it's unbelievable. Uh, and only a couple of times has lost his temper with me, which is amazing. Um, so definitely a big thanks. I think you should all, I think you should Thank all you, def- definitely PM CPFC Mikey with your thanks. Uh, he deserves it. He's been fantastic. And that's that's all my thanks out of the way. Thank well, you, Chris. No, Thank no worries. Um, yeah, top job, Mikey. Top job. Mm. No, I, I, yeah. I, can't speak highly enough of any of these guys and obviously thank you to everyone who's listened because it'd be no point speaking I'd still do it if no one was listening just to hear the my voice frankly but but you know it's it's been great to to get so much positive fe- feedback in that survey and we won't be away too long hopefully no more than about six weeks and um you know, just keep an eye out on Homesdale. We'll, we'll be in touch as soon as we're coming back and there might be a few bits and pieces floating around while we're off as well uh, Chris, uh, don't forget there's 
whole meet, isn't there? Oh, of course. On the 25th, I've bumped it up in the uh, Palace Talker Homesdale. On the 25th, we're doing an off-season Homesdale meet-up. Uh, it'd be great if people could join in, even the people who regularly uh, arrange the whole meets, even though they weren't really consulted on this. It'd be great if those guys could get involved. But just a few drinks down at the White Horse without the game to go to, really. So, and it'd be great to see you. It's uh, Aston Davies' birthday. Hi, Aston, if you're listening. It's yours, isn't it, around that time? And yeah, yeah, four days after that, it's mine as well. So we're going to have a few drinks for my... 50th? 31st. It's gone quick, I'll tell you. But, um, yeah. Looking good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not go down that road. I, f- I wish I had some hair. Um, anyway, listen... Do look out for our special podcasts. Um, you can still email us, get in contact while we're off air, radio at homesdale.net. We'll still be keeping an eye on that. Uh, if there's any suggestions or anything you'd like to see for the new season or you, or you wish to get involved in any way, obviously we've seen from uh, from the Five Minutes Down Under feature, we're quite happy if listeners want to record stuff for us. So that would be fantastic. Uh, Mark's written Nostalgia feature for me to remind you of, even though I reminded it of you literally minutes ago. But do... <laughs> do look out for Mark's nostalgia. People have short memories. Yeah, they certainly do, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> um, I think we'll end it there. I just want to say goodbye, thanks, and we'll be back oh, over soon. We've got oh, nostalgia, feature, nostalgia feature as well. That's <laughs> right, we've got nostalgia feature, and um, if you can look out for that, I think it's a. Mark, are you having something to do with that nostalgia feature? Anyway. Uh, you gave it to me because you didn't oh, <laughs> that is true, yeah. Okay, listen, right, thank you, guy. everyone, and we'll see you soon. Bye. See Hi, we're back. <laughs> Are we on? <laughs> we are, yeah? yeah. We thought we'd be back now. Yeah, we're back now. Hi, everyone. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.